Welcome in, welcome in. The Bite Me Podcast is uh, back in our studios at the World Headquarters, which is really Port O'Connor, Texas, uh, beautiful Humble, Texas, sometimes Sergeant, Texas for me, and uh, parts unknown for uh, Caleb McCumber. We're going to get to that right away, but uh, welcome in, as I mentioned, John Lopez, Captain Scott Knoll, Captain Caleb McCumber, and uh, big time podcast. We had a great time at the fishing show. Uh, I know the quality of the audio was a little different, uh, but I think it was pretty good quality that you guys could listen to it last week. We are back behind the microphones today. We're going to talk about uh, jig heads and balancing distance versus effectiveness. I know my guys have got some thoughts on that. Uh, I wanted to throw this in because it was, it was a common question and it was it kind of struck me as I'm roaming around the fishing show, uh, the Houston fishing show last week, a typical guide's day because a couple of people said they, they're thinking about getting into it. They're wanting to do it. And, I, and part of me was like, do you have any idea everything you have to do from sunrise to sunset? Uh, not discouraging, just uh, asking that question. Um, knowing your limits, uh, on a boat, you know, a lot of us, uh, talk about, you know, going into skinny water, you know, going on your kayak, going on your John boat. Uh, there was a, a really bad boat incident in Galveston that had me thinking about, uh, you know, we need to be serious about this, uh, but also, uh, able to help people along the way if they do want to do that. Uh, and then here's one that I think we're going to dig into, uh, pretty deep, uh, beating a prolonged slump. Uh, not because my guys are in a prolonged slump, but because so many people like me and others have, have experienced that, especially post-freeze, uh, fewer fish, et cetera. Uh, how do you stay interested? How do you beat it? Uh, how do you get going again? Uh, and we have uh, a lot of questions about birds. Uh, I want to give spinning reels their due because we did talk about reels with a question we had on uh, the, at, at our seminar, if you will, uh, our Q&A at the boat show, but we didn't give spinning reels their due. So we're going to get into all that and more as always, just uh, uh, join the Facebook group page, bite me uh, or bite me saltwater fishing. You can search that on Facebook and you can join roughly 7,500 of your friends. It's a great community. If you haven't been on it, if you are on it, we appreciate your questions and topics. You can get them all to us uh, that way or uh, via Instagram at Lopez on sports is me, Twitter at Lopez on sports. Uh, and of course, Captain Caleb TV, uh, is available on social media as well. Just do that search, and it, as is Captain Scott Null. All right, boys, let's uh, let's dig in and let's start right here because uh, Caleb is not at home. He's not on the water. He's someplace else, and I know it's about that time of year again. Caleb, what is going on? Where are you? And then I want to get into something that you might be throwing. And I kind of I kind of feel like I am at home here. This is this is my happy spot. Y'all can see behind me. Uh, got the thick dense foliage of southern louisiana behind me mm -hmm. and you've There's been there a, a lot lately yeah no I, I was counting up the days i've spent well you know over a month on the water here combined in the past year or so uh man it's cool over here it really it's tournament is. season is basically the short it, answer right it is it is opening day it's opening day. I, got, I got the astros going i've got uh this is the excalibur redfish league which is proving up to be the big boy show of the redfish tournaments. We weren't sure what the turnout would be, but man, just about everybody who's anybody is here. Um, Daniel and I, we've, we've been, we've been working. We've been from Biloxi to West of new Orleans, all through the marsh, whatnot. Um, whatnot. I did it again. Yeah. <clears throat> there it, it's, it's been cold. It's been hot. It, it was, it, I was freezing my butt off for the last three days and 25 mile an hour winds. And now while I'm sitting here talking to you. I've got a rolling sweat. I think it's about 82 degrees. <laughs> uh, 
we find ourselves in somewhat of the same situation as the World Series. You know, um, I'm not going to get too far off into what we've been up to, but I feel good about it. And we've got some pretty serious weather coming in. And I can only compare it to uh, the movie Independence Day when Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith are in there. They're in the, the mm-hmm. little UFO and they're going to save the world. Right. And they take off and Will bounces it off every wall in the room and says, okay, I think I've got it. And then Goldblum looks at him and says, all right, let's do it this time, but without the oops. (laughs) (laughs) No oops. What's oops? uh, Yeah, oops. Yeah, yeah. I think Will rattled that thing and said, oops. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Uh, But we find ourselves in the same situation. I have deeper water a little closer to me this time. And uh, I've met a young man over here. I met him up close and personal during the world series last year, I saved his number and I have put him on notice for him and his airboat to be within 20 miles of me at all times <laughs> on Friday and Saturday. So long as but you don't now go we're having Will a blast. Smith, so long as you don't go Will Smith and slap Daniel at any point uh, during the tournament, you know, just about, just about any given tournament, if we're being fair and honest, um, I'm probably the one at risk to being slapped. I'm not the most fun person. (laughs) You know, you you come on a guided trip with me. You come do fun fishing with me. I'm having a good time. On tournament day, I am an absolute, uh, you know, I can be a jerk. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll openly admit it on the airwaves. I can get intense. uh, It does. It does. And, you know, there's from my rodeo years to my football years to my fishing years, I do not handle not doing well very well. You know, you know, they, oh, well, at least you learned something this tournament. No, uh, uh-uh. nope. I don't, no, no. I didn't want to learn something this tournament. I want to learn what it, how much it paid. That's I want to, I want to learn, learn what it, what it feels like to hold that check. Right. And so anyway, uh, I, I, I posted the picture and some comments. I texted you and Scott and, and as soon as I texted, I knew this would come up on the podcast, of course. <laughs> but like I said, we we found some areas that, that were pretty good. And, you know, I've said it before on the show when I'm pre-fishing, I want to catch one out of every 20 fish just to get a weight, get a measurement, you know, figure out. And and I'm kind of, you know, again, it's opening day for us too. I've been, I've been out of tournaments since last October and I am, I am fixing my eyes to when I look in the water and I see a fish, I know if that fish is 27 or 29 or 25. Kind of reconditioning yourself. Yes. And so, you know, I do want to catch one out of ever so many just to get all that flowing again. Well, yesterday morning, I think I caught a couple that were what we were looking for. And uh, I told Daniel, I said, all right, that's it. Put up the rods. Just put them up. We're done fishing. We're just going to look. Mm-hmm. And me being a tournament guy, that's the right thing to do. But me being a fisherman, I really need to cast that fish when I see him. Well, the wind has not been below 25 since we got here. And I would throw that floating frog out and the wind would just take it away from me. And well, that's not even, not even close. And so I'm digging around in the boat, looking for any given piece of trash I can find. And I keep the little, the little single serving. That little mix, the Gatorade Zero well, Yeah. That little Gatorade Zero mix. That way you can keep, you can keep exactly. them happy and healthy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so the first one, I, I bit the top off of it and I made myself Gatorade. And then I'm using a screw lock, screw lock, uh, belly weight. And so it screws into the top of that package really well. And then, you, you know, you hook it just like you'd hook weedless. Well, the trouble is, is again, it's pulling 25. So I was casting a kite and I could, I could triangulate it in there to them, but then the wind would just shoot it this way or that way. And I had, I had a couple that it would finally hit and it took it a minute to sink. And the moment it sink, the fish would run up to it and then just slam on the brakes. Like, what the hell is that? And then he had do these two or three circles around it real fast. And, 
And by then, again, the wind's blowing like crazy and the boat would be on top of him. And so we, we decided to mark nickels at DOA and go to tuning stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I figured out that if I took the packet, I cut a hole in it, I let the water go in it to get the, the Gatorade powder wet and then put it all together that I could make it sink. And dude, you want to talk about a redfish being interested in a blue and white shiny thing flipping around in the water. <laughs> the first one, I finally got a shot at one and because it had to be straight downwind from me. And yeah. man, that sucker come out of the water. And when he opened his mouth, I could, I could see a little butthole in the back of his throat, you know? And it, <laughs> time stopped for me. Like, the, this has worked. I had a hit. Yeah. I had a hit. Um, I, had, I had several that, that were real interested in it. But, you know, again, that's just me not really wanting to catch them. But, man, I got to throw that thing when I see it. I can't help but not to. I've seen guys throw gum, chewed gum at, at like, flounder and stuff, Scott. I don't know. I'm sure you've got a million stories. But uh, just having some fun, maybe a competition within a a, a friendly tournament or something, uh, something along those lines. Yeah, I had a guy throw cigarette butts at them. And <laughs> they'll eat whatever. If it If you make it move and it looks like it's alive, they'll eat it. <laughs> sorry lure manufacturers <laughs> go ahead caleb i had a guy write me he, he sent me a message on messenger and he had fished that grs thing and he was talking about where he was fishing and everything and uh, he's like man i threw everything i had at him and it just wasn't working i said i said listen i'm, I'm friends with a lot of the really good guys during that tournament everybody struggled that day and then i sent him a picture of that gatorade thing i said but never forget, there's no substitute for putting it in front of their face. His response was, that's the only thing I didn't try. <laughs> well, good. They really like Glacier Freeze, I found out. Yeah, I like that one, too. When, when you sent the picture, I was like, hey, that's what, I, that's what I drink when I go on my jogs and act like I'm healthy. But uh, uh, that's good. Well, good luck. So the tournament's this Friday and Saturday. It's a seven-fish tournament. I can catch three or four on Friday and then the remainder on Saturday. Uh, and then we... we uh, to you know keep it fair we have a 30 mile an hour northwest wind coming in on friday too to just keep it fun for all of us oh i forgot the, the biggest question is that wind gonna be blowing water out because that's a very very sticky situation for you i think i think that it will i don't think it's gonna do the sustained you know three-day dump or whatever like we had in the world series it's it's, it's not blowing as hard and i'm hoping the i'm hoping the forecast is a little bit over what what it is but every day this week is supposed to blow in the single digits and it blew 15 to 20. So uh, if they're going to be wrong on the lowers, I hope they're wrong on the uppers. Yeah. All right, Scott, um, uh, we're going to get into the, the jig head discussion, which kind of is a dovetail off of uh, something that we had before. But uh, I, I don't want to shortchange, uh, you know, the great thing about our community here with the Bite Me podcast is uh, so many people get involved. Uh, we feel like we know them. We do know a lot of, of, of our listeners. Uh, they know us. Uh, but you had a great uh, exchange with, uh, I guess it was Josh Riddle, who, who Caleb also knows from his Little League. But uh, what was that all about? Yeah, he's got a thing called Heroes Outdoors. And uh, him and his partner set it up to a charity deal. And they leased a really nice ranch over in Brackettville. Mm-hmm. And they take first responders and military out on hunting trips. And just take them out there for the weekend, get them away, you know, take family with them. It's, it's a really cool deal. And uh, they've got a raffle that they're doing right now. If you go over to Heroes Dash, I think it's Heroes Hyphen Outdoors, and uh, I think it's a hundred dollars a ticket. And what that's doing is funding all of their efforts, right? And because uh, they don't have any other funding, so they're doing it that way. And uh, it's pretty cool set up raffle. It's guns and hunting trips and fishing trips and all kind of stuff. 
uh, and they're doing a raffle each day. They're giving away something all the way through June and July. So 61 winners. And then out of those winners, there was like four grand prizes. One of them was a 200 inch whitetail hunt, which is man about a $15,000 hunt. Yeah. So it's pretty cool setup. Uh, if you're interested in that and going over there and give them a little support. Yeah, that's big time. All right. So, uh, topics from uh, our listeners. This is the first one. Um, howdy, John. So clearly a good Aggie. Uh, I had a great time at my first Houston fishing show. Lots to see many people to visit. Uh, I'm sure the topic of jig heads has already been discussed, but one of the speakers said, so it wasn't us, uh, uh Caleb and I were talking uh, before we turned the mics on, uh, we thought it might've been us. So one of the speakers, uh, said, if you use a heavier jig head to gain distance, you lose the opportunity to catch fish. Something that we really haven't discussed. We've talked about jig head weights, but not as it pertains to distance versus effectiveness. Uh, he said, he went on to say, I do this for distance. So I'm not sure what you lose, what he's meaning. Uh, anyway, maybe at some point, could you talk about, uh, lighter jig heads versus heavier ones? Scott, I'm going to start with you. This is something that, that you and I have discussed uh, an awful lot, uh, over the last few years, but with regard to what he's talking about there. There are a lot of ways to look at that. I, the situation, uh, calls for a heavier jig head if you're fishing a little deeper water or if you you know you're standing on a drop off and the fish are way out there you know you're wading and you just can't quite reach them uh fishing from a boat where you're drifting a little quicker and you want to get it down to a reef uh typically though i go with the lighter jig heads i'm i'm a 1 16th 1 8 ounce guy uh, i want i want that lure to have more time to settle and I'll, I'll sacrifice a little bit of distance. If, if distance is a real problem, then, you know, ease up and go ahead and use a spinning rig. You know, if you're having to throw into the wind or anything, uh, I'm going to stick with those one eights, you know, even in, in pretty good wind, uh, the soft plastics that I tend to use more, a little more, uh, aerodynamic, those paddle tails mm -hmm. and they'll, they'll fly pretty good with a one eighth ounce. And I don't really feel like I lose a whole lot of distance. But if I, you know, fishing the surf would be one spot where you really want to bomb it out there. You know, they're out there off of the third bar and you can't get there. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be the only time I'd really shoot for distance. Uh, so I, I do think you're probably losing some fish by going too heavy because it sinks so dead gum fast and gets past them really quick. Fouled up in the bottom, especially on redfish, you know, trying to fish any grassy areas or uh, anything with some shell on it. Uh, you're going to dive that that jig head right down into the bottom uh, but growing up i mean a quarter ounce was a light jig head back then yeah so you know i'm fam very familiar with throwing heavier jig heads it's just not something that i do in my particular area very much caleb uh, for me my thought was and, and i'm kind of setting up your response here but um you know wh where are you fishing and why are you trying to get distance is is, is what i would ask because um, a, a lot of times you don't need necessarily distance. We, you know, we, it's cool <laughs> to be able to throw for distance, but unless I'm like searching for fish, you know, I'm in an area where I'm, uh, I, I don't know. I don't see, you know, the fish. I haven't caught a fish necessarily right there. If I'm searching for fish, and I've said this before, I'll throw whatever I can throw furthest. Uh, you know, pref I'm more of a quarter ounce guy still. Maybe just old habits are hard to break. I'll go uh, lighter than that in the shallowers. And that's why I say, where are you fishing and why are you trying to gain so much distance? Cause distance isn't necessarily, 
you know, it, it doesn't necessarily equate with being able to catch more fish. No, that's exactly right. And it's an incredibly loaded question. Um, I think that, I think that Scott is spot on, on the lighter jig heads and the shallower water is probably going to get you more strikes. Uh, but myself, uh, straight numbers, whenever I order jig heads, I'll order like six or seven pounds of quarter ounces and maybe one pound of eights and sixteenths and three sixteenths and stuff like that. Weighting wise, if you're in, you know, let's say hip deep water and less, it, it's a quarter. I mean, I'm sorry, it's a, a eighth or a sixteenth, maybe a three sixteenth all day long. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're drifting in five or six feet of water, like I do in Matagorda, I'm almost always throwing a quarter. Now, if that's not working, I'll, I'll, I'll switch it out. Daniel had a situation the other day where he was fishing with a guy and the guy was out fishing like 10 fish to one. And Daniel went from a quarter ounce to a three sixteenth and started catching fish immediately. So it's getting what Scott's talking about, where it's, it's got a little bit more flutter to it and a little bit less of a, just a straight dive to the bottom. Uh, myself doing what I do with redfish, I'm throwing a quarter most of the time because I can really control that bait and put it in front of that fish's face. And then I've done it long enough that my retrieve and the speed that I'm reeling it and all that stuff. I, I got to figure out something besides whatnot because that fits so good right <laughs> there. Go with it, man. You got to embrace <laughs> embrace your brand, baby. But I figured I figured out the the cadence and whatnot to keep that lure up, right? Mm -hmm. And and that and, and it's the same way. It, it's 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 kind of like saying, uh, "Hey, somebody told me if I'm throwing a medium light rod that I'm not going to catch fish with it." it, it it's extremely situational. But again, if you are over grass, if you are waiting, anything like that, the lighter jig head is going to give that that bait a more natural presentation than a heavier one is. So I would say if you're spot fishing, if you are trying to hit a certain area, that 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 heavier jig head that is letting you have more control, that might be the way to go. If you're fan casting a flat or something, then probably the lighter one is the way to go. And Scott, I want to get your thoughts on on what I mentioned to, to Caleb. Yes, you know it's cool to be able to cast further. But I don't necessarily prioritize that over the accuracy and, and where I'm fishing. We just talked about shallows. I know you fished in deeper water as well, obviously. Um, it's more about, okay, where do I need to put this bait like right now? Now, sometimes it's, it's out of reach. Or, and so you do have to kind of you know, heave it. But it's really more the accuracy and, and the, the depth of the water you're, you're, you're fishing, correct? Right. And you got to deal with wind. Yeah, throwing soft plastics in the wind can, can flutter them a little bit. Uh, that's, that's why I have the one eighth, you know, typically I'm going to be throwing one sixteenth most of the time. Cause I'm fishing a foot or less of water for the, mm -hmm. for the most part. But if the wind's up a little bit and we're having a hard time actually putting it in front of them and then bump it up to the one eighth, uh, I really don't see a whole lot of reasons to go above that, uh, in the areas that I fish in. And typically we're sight casting. And so distance isn't that big of a deal. We're not seeing fish any further than we can cast and i had somebody come by the booth during the show and say man i wish y'all would talk about galveston more some more so here it is galveston in 10 or 12 feet of water you know if you're one of those reefs over there in east bay then the quarter ounce is perfect because you it gets down quickly you're, you're getting away from your boat it's getting down around that shell where you want it to be and then you can hop it from there yeah and, but but again the reason it's a lot of a loaded question i'm over here right now in two feet of water with a ton of grass and I'm throwing a quarter because I want it to hit and I want it to go straight down and drop either in front of the fish or in the little hole in the grass. So it, I think that 
the statement that you're throwing a heavier jig head, so you're losing your opportunity to catch fish is a bit erroneous. Uh, but I mean, it can be right. I mean, it can. Uh, I think there's situations where it's right. Right. It, it drops it, too fast. Yeah. If, 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 but whenever people are sending this stuff in, if you, if y'all would tell us how you fish or something, we could probably be a little less vague about it. But yes, I mean, the general rule of thumb is shallow water, lighter jig head. Well, but it also can, we can cover a whole gamut of, of different scenarios here. I was, I was just thinking as you were talking, like, you know, one place where I do, throw the, the, the heavier jig head is, is if I see a slick and I'm, and, and it's a pretty good distance away. Cause you, I generally start pretty far away from, from a slick. Cause I want to mm -hmm. cast in front of it. I want to cast on both sides. I want to cast in it and I want to cast over it. So that's, there's another scenario right there, Caleb, where if I see a slick, I'm not going to barrel up and just cast 20 feet. I want to be able to cover the whole area. But I bet you're mindful that you are throwing a heavier jig head. And once you get it where you want it to go, then you treat it like a heavier jig yeah, you, head you to work keep it, it differently. Keep, yeah, to keep it in the you know the column that you wanted at. I you need know, to see some more slicks. Is the is the is the moral to this story? I haven't seen a whole lot lately, but well, uh, hey, the good news is we're coming up on May. There's going to be slicks everywhere yep, with yep. whiskers in them. Yep, yeah. <laughs> they're going to smell real good too. Right in the, right in the right in the in the intercoast. Oh, real quick, this wasn't on the on the uh, on the rundown, Scott. But I know you answered this on our group page on Facebook. You, you just mentioned Galveston and the question uh, was, so there, there might be more people thinking this, Hey, you guys were talking about uh, at, at the show, how the, and that was a fun discussion, how, how the, the intercoastal, the ditch is a, is an entire fishery in and of itself. Uh, and the question came up, Scott, well, that doesn't apply to Galveston. Was it? I mean, that's basically what he was saying. That's not how he worded it. Like, well, well, that's Galveston's not like that. Cause there's no fish there. Uh, yeah, there is. I mean, I know you answered it, but, but for our sake, yeah, there's plenty of fish in the intercoastal, all of them down. Uh, around the Galveston area, I would fish any of the riprap, you know, all that concrete that they put along the edges to keep from washing out. Uh, any washouts that you see, the real steep cliff banks are a good indication of a washout. Um, any kind of structure that's along the intercoastal. Uh, I've caught a ton of flounder along the intercoastal right there by greens. I used mm -hmm. to slip out there all the time after I'd fish back in the marsh and I'd slide out there and hit a couple of little guts along the side and pick up flounder all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I know a lot of the redfish guys, you know, tournament guys are going to be pissed, but Caleb's <laughs> shaking his head, but, uh, you go up and down there and hit all the, all that riprap and there's, there's some solid redfish along there. Big time. And, and I'm Caleb, side -casted, you're not, yeah, I know you want to add I've side casted man. many a redfish in the ICW on both sides of Galveston. I, I don't know about every, you know, bay system that I've fished, you know, regularly, but in, in Matagorda, I've probably caught more flounder, uh, either in or in a, a very shallow cut off of the intercoastal Caleb. That's probably where I caught most of my flounder. I can't really speak to that. We all know this, John. <laughs> <laughs> What's a flounder. And I, and, and of course it's always by accident. Like I said, I very rarely catch a flounder on purpose, but it's always by accident, but still that that's where I've caught most of them. All right. So this is a really, a good topic. This is one of the, I think it's the only one this week that is not a question that we got. It's kind of con a conglomeration, a, a mashup, so to speak, of, of conversations I had uh, the couple of days that I was at the fishing show uh, talking about guiding and, and what do they do? And, you know, all these guides, man, I got so much respect for, for the good guides out there, you know, that, that bust their tail and 
you're going to a fishing show and then some of them had trips, you know, in the middle of the fishing show the next day. So they skipped the day. And so the question is like, give me a typical guides day because people think you fill up, uh, you go catch fish, you clean the fish, and then you, uh, you know, wash down your boat and have a nice dinner. That maybe is what Scott, I'll start with you a quarter of a day, uh, for a f- typical fishing guide. Yeah, mostly I just wing it. Uh, <laughs> sometimes he doesn't even bring his motor you kind of rub your chin and say man where, where should we fish today what should yeah. i do today how, no, I mean, how did these clients just show up at the ramp no nah, it starts i mean the evening before you're getting everything ready you're putting putting things together i don't care how many times you run your boat you still check your battery you check check yeah you know, I'll, I'll turn the crank just every once in a while you know just have that funny feeling you know about it go ahead and hook the hose up and turn the crank for just a minute, let it run while I'm doing some of the stuff, uh, cleaning out the boat, get, making sure I've got all the tackle that I need, double checking and making sure that, uh, it's a fly trip or, a you know, lure trip, or are these guys wanting to keep a fish or not keep fish that, that changes what I set up and how I put in, you know, put everything in the boat. Uh, is it a kid trap trip? Am I going to have to get some bait? Uh, yeah. There have been times when I showed up, I hate to admit it, but I showed up and said, Hey guys, y'all ready? And they're looking at me like I'm crazy. Cause I've got a bunch of heavy duty rod and reels in there to go on a tarpon trip. And they were really wanting to go fly fishing for tarpon that day. But, uh, so I got to <laughs> have that part of it. I do so many different things that, you know, I have to double check and triple check sometimes to make sure that that part's right. Uh, but that's unloading and reloading the boat, you know, for different things, you know, uh, depending on what we're going to do that day. Uh, then you're up plenty early. You know, you won't, you don't want to, don't want your customer to beat you to the dock. You know, I always like to get there a little bit earlier than them uh, on the way there. You, you know, you stop and get gas. You, you, know, you do the typical pre-trip things, get the boat launched, get all set up. Uh, the fishing day is a whole lot of, uh, planning ahead and watching the weather and double checking that. And, uh, then even on the water, you're checking the weather again, making sure that everything's still going the same direction that your, that your plan is. And you're working your A, B, C, and D plans, uh, trying to keep customers happy, uh, being an entertainer, trying to find fish all at the same time. Uh, there's nothing worse. I've been on a few guided trips where the guide is just a dud. I mean, yeah. just, just a bump on the log. And if you're not catching fish and you're out there in a boat all day with a bump on the log, it, it gets, gets to be a long day. Uh, throughout the day, I will not get on the phone. Uh, I've made that a, a deal because of some guides that I fished with in the past, uh, that were on the phone constantly. Uh, if I'm on the phone at all, it's to another guide that I know is on the water and we're, we're checking with each other sometimes and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of directing things, especially if it's tarpon fishing, uh, we're all working as a team, uh, getting off the water. Uh, I don't clean a lot of fish, you know, but, but occasionally I'll, you know, have somebody who wants to keep some, so we'll clean some fish, uh, putting the boat back on the trailer and making sure everything's good there, uh, getting it back to the house, washing it up, cleaning it up. In the meantime, you're returning the phone calls and already checking the weather for the next day and maybe talking to two or three other guys, especially if you had a bad day. And somebody's always had a bad day, so somebody's always calling, you know, want a little, little help to locate some fish for the next day. Uh, boat maintenance is a constant. That's a constant headache because mm-hmm. 
boats are notorious, you know, from one trip to the next, something going out, something electrical. Uh, you got to be a mechanic, you got to be a weatherman, uh, you got to be an entertainer, and you got to be able to find fish. The other thing, Caleb, uh, and, and, and Scott covered a lot there, but as always, you don't even know some of the things that you're doing, uh, you know, as a guide. And, and I, it, it's, you've got to find, I mean, you've got to return. He's mentioned return calls, but you're getting emails, you're getting texts, you're getting guys answering very detailed questions. I want to go on these dates. I want to fish this. You've got to do that in the midst of everything. Uh, and, and then there's kind of the dirty underbelly, if you will, of guiding. Um, you know, he mentioned who's fishing, but also you don't want to put yourself in a position. How do I, how do I put this? Like you and, and, and Scott, not to put too much of your dirty laundry out there. You don't even eat, uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, and, and, and so these are, we're all friends here on the bite me podcast. Why don't you explain that a little bit and just the, the interaction <laughs> you have with, uh, with people and answering their questions in the midst of all this. Yeah, it's, it's. It's an exhausting way of life, but you know, you remind yourself you're not on the I 10 corridor going down to downtown either, I, right? You are, uh, preaching, but yeah, it, preaching. Now, I, my day, I'm a bit different than Scott, being as how I'm not a morning person in, in any sense of the word. Um, I, I, I'm the guy that the night before I had, like, it's in a perfect order. Okay. On my couch, I've got pants, shirt, socks, shoes, cap. Or, I mean, I get, I know within 15 seconds, how, how, what time I have to get out of bed to be at the dock. What time I told my customer to be there. I mean, but, but I'm up all night the night before I, my Perco switch. I'm, I'm really anal about my Perco switch. Uh, if, if, if we go fishing and come in at noon and we're not going to go back out until three, I'm going to turn off that Perco switch. And I bet you, I go check that 10 times every night. Uh, but as far as beating customers, the dock, I can't say I'm real good at it. Because I, you know, they'll call me. Hey, what time you want me there, Cap? Oh, seven thirty. All right, cool, Cap. And I, and you know, the one thing I do do because Scott was talking about, you know, the next morning, I it is mandatory that my customers call or text me between four and seven the night before, so that I can tell them what time, what we're doing, all that stuff. But you know, okay, hey, let's be there at seven thirty. At six forty-five, I get a text. I'm like, we're here, man. And I'm like, kick I'm ass, not. dude. I don't have I'm underwear not. on yet. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, you said something, John, that, that I, I think you did it on accident. You said, we don't even know what we're doing. That is the toughest part to me about being a guide. And the reason I say that is every morning I get up. First thing I do, I open my door and let Steve out. Then I put on my clothes, you know, I, I throw in a dip of snuff, you know, whatever we're going to do. Then I go, you know, do my my morning duties, and then I don't eat a thing, so I don't have to do those duties until I get back from the ramp, right? <laughs> That's what I was uh, talking I'm, about. <laughs> I, I'm on a multi, I, I'm almost on a two decade streak of this. I have never once went off the boat, and just it's just not going to happen. I'm not going to do it. You can condition yourself. I, I'm telling you, I have, I, I have the pinching of the gods. Okay. <laughs> but, but so anyway, I get up, I, you know, let Steve out, I put on my clothes, I walk out, and then Steve has this thing he does. Steve will tell me whether he wants to go that day or not. And that's, I, I've been meaning to video it forever and I just never have done it. Get my boat. I go to the Harbor drop. Uh, I have my customers parked in a specific spot. I pull my boat up behind them, put their stuff in, drop it in the water. We go out, we fish, we come back. I drive straight to the dock. We, we tie up 
And, you know, we shake hands, high fives, you know, you're the worst guy we've ever had. You're the best guy <laughs> we've ever had. However, it's going to work out for the day. And then every once in a while, the only variable is sometimes we might go eat. Sometimes we might not. Then I'm going to leave. I'm going to go to CJ's. I'm going to get gas from the exact same pump. I'm going to leave CJ's. I'm going to go to the dollar store. I'm going to get something to eat that night. I'm going to leave the dollar store. I'm going to go back to my house. I'm going to back my boat in the same spot. I'm going to wash with the same pressure washer in the same way for the same amount of time and the, in the same manner, right? And so after that's done, and then that's the time that I pull out my rods. I put the other rods in. Anyway, it is Groundhog Day over and over and over and over. And sometimes I'm down here for 16 to 27 days straight. So... When you do something like lose your wallet, you have no idea what you did the day before because you do the exact same thing over and over and over. So you don't know if you screwed up a week ago or yesterday or anything like that. It becomes the it, it sounds terrible to say it. And I, and I swear it has nothing to do with my appreciation of my customers or my love of my customers, because I'll have guys complain about their stuff to their customers. And, and my my response is always I am very lucky and very blessed that I have. I have really good fishermen that fish with me. They got their own gear. I love my customers. But if you, and when I get done with 20 days, I can remember maybe three or four of you. Right? It, it, it just, it, you just go You've into told this, us that, yeah. Yeah, you just grow into this grind. And, and, and it, you know, it, it's an exhausting way of making a living, but it's a very cool one at the same time. But Scott, and, Caleb said something there that was just awesome. It has to be something that you abs not think you love, but you absolutely love. Because well, you have uh, to, yeah, you have to love watching other people catch fish. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole bunch of guys that get into guiding. I hear them hear it all the time, man. I, you know, I can catch fish. I can catch fish on any conditions. Can you make somebody else catch fish on any mm -hmm. conditions? Mm -hmm. And that's, that is a huge, huge part of it that a lot of guys never consider because you get all kinds. I mean, you get, you get great customers. You get the ones that can drop it in a teacup at, you know, 30, 40 yards. No problem. You also get the guy that's going to hook you three times during the day. Yeah. Uh, so you got you got to take the good with the bad on that. And yeah, the other I, thing, I, go I, ahead. I, I can honestly say I have a couple of customers that, God, yeah. I love them, but I just can't I can't make them catch fish. Mm -hmm. But man, yeah. we've got jokes and stories for days. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I'll very rarely fish on a fishing trip if it's me and one other guy, or if we're drift fishing or something like that. Yeah, I'll fish. But I very rarely even pick up a rod. It, there's and there's multiple reasons, you know. Like like Scott said, I I'm way more into watching somebody else catch a fish. I am way more into it, and to the point that I don't want to risk reaching out in front of you and catching that trophy fish that you were after, or that or that any kind of fish that you were after for that for that part. But you know, like Scott was saying, and I'm saying, it's an exhausting uh, way of making a living and our shoulders and elbows and wrists and everything would be done if we did it day after day, after day, after day. And you two guys have, have refined it, um, uh, because you know, you, you, you're established enough that the type of guiding that you do is not only, you know, fishing, which you have to absolutely love, as I mentioned, but the exact fishing, uh, that, that you, you love, like, like Scott, you could go out and catch, you know, 50 trout, probably, you know, with, with just a, a little bit of uh, scouting and, and research, but you like to do something else. And so that makes it even better for your customers. makes it even better for you. You know, you can poll, you can go get catch tarpon in the summer. And same thing with Caleb. Caleb's a teaching guide for the most part now, but, but uh, you do exactly what you want. In fact, Caleb, I'll, I'll start with you on this because you, you finally realized, you know what, I, I, I love to, to do this, but I want to be, I want to love it even more. And so you've kind of transitioned away from good old fashioned, just bay, bay guiding. 
I, I would say four times a month, I get a message via Facebook Messenger of somebody saying that they want to be a guide. Are there any tips that I would offer them? And I, I'm 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 great with it. I'm 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 I love to to help anybody I can as long as they're, you know, respectful back and forth with me. I'll, I'll do anything I can for you. And the number one thing that I always say is start off doing what you want to do. I whenever I first started guiding, I was doing I was fishing in ways that I did not like to do. But I thought, well, I'm a new guy. I have to do it this way. Customer and, base, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And at the end of the day, uh, well, I mean, the case in point. Uh, I don't know how long it's been ago now, but I, I made the I made the announcement here on this show. I said, "Lures only, catch and release, teaching. That's all we're doing." Yeah. And I didn't know if I was killing my business or, or you know, making it much better. And I, my business quadrupled overnight. Now it's probably that you know there's some there, there's somebody out right now looking at their speakers with a sideways head. Well, yeah, you've got 116,000 unique listeners. You're saying this to. Uh, there's a bit of there's a bit of truth to that, <laughs> but. If you want to last in this thing and you want to love it and you want to get up and, and just be happy to go to work every day, fish the way you want. I like I, I, I like wade fishing for trout. I absolutely foam at the mouth and I am bouncing off the walls and so happy to go fishing if we are going to look for redfish that we can see and catch. And Scott, and so, that, that, go ahead, Caleb. And so and, and that that's where we're at now. You know, I'm I'm getting rid of my real big boat. I'm getting another one. But I am getting that skiff specifically because that's what I like to do day after day. And I'm going to have just as much fun on the platform on the back of that boat without a rod in my hand because I can see that fish. I can call it out. I can get all pumped up with my customers. You know, and that's just it. it anything you do in life, you, if you love it, you're going to do okay with it. It's right. that simple. Right. And Scott, that, that's kind of what I was going to, you know, kind of wrap this part of the, of the discussion up with is, you know, you are, you just mentioned you love watching other people catch fish. You know, I, I think, and I've been asked, you know, over the years, much as you've been on the water, why don't you guide? Why don't you guide? I, I can't handle, I don't think I could handle the pressure of putting other people on fish. And, and that's a big hurdle. Uh, first of all, I'm at the point in my life where I, I don't need, you know, to do that. And, and I want to, to just fish with friends and fish on days where I don't have to get, you know, beat up because I do like the bay fishing. And sometimes on the bay, it's hard, you know, it's rough, you're bouncing, it's, it's, it's muddy, it's whatever, but I like to pick the days where I can fish and I don't have to fish, but you know, the, the mindset is, is where I'm going with this Scott of, of being able to deal with that pressure. I couldn't do it. I just flat out couldn't do it. Well, we put more, way more pressure on ourselves than the, the typical customer does. Exactly. When you, when, and that's when I finally relaxed on guiding is when I realized that these people are just really happy to be out on the water. You know, they're, they're looking at the birds, they're looking at the fish, you know, we're seeing fish and things are just cool. You know, and they really enjoy that. Um, once that, I got over that hump, I, I can tell you the first few years, man, I mean, my, my stomach would be in a knot. Yeah. You know, if I didn't, if I wasn't on fish and I couldn't find fish and my God, what am I, what am I going to do with these people all day? And then eventually it kind of came around to, they're not sitting in traffic today. They're out on the water and they're enjoying themselves. And so I just try to make it as enjoyable a day as possible. Uh, we're in the entertainment business and we you know, get them out there and entertain them. Uh, that's part of why I've pushed my guiding in the direction that I have, you know, like what Caleb was saying, I, I do it in such a way that the guys that come to me generally 
are looking for instruction and more of that than they are a big pile of fish. Right. Uh, everybody knows when they're coming out with me, it's not about, you know, stacking them up at the dock. That's not what we're going to do. And so with that, a lot of that pressure comes off, but there's still a ton of it. You know, when you're having a bad day and you're just not seeing fish and things are yeah, getting a little tough out there. It gets a little, little testy at times with me. Mm -hmm. uh, it, yeah. I, I, I want you to catch fish more than you want to catch a fish. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I think I, I might've told Scott this story off air, but I, I took out a friend of mine uh, from channel 11, Brandy Smith, about a year ago. And, and I was, and it was, you know, I hadn't really fished with her and, and her daughter. And, and, and I, and I was like, I got to find fish. I got to find fish. And I was feeling that pressure. Cause I do charity stuff and I feel like I'm losing my mind if I'm not finding fish. And so I finally put, you know, we were casting lures a little bit. I was showing them how to do it. Then I finally put some shrimp on just to keep, just to get a tug, just get something, you know, she caught, they caught a stingray and like four hardheads, and you would have thought it was Christmas morning. I mean, and that, it kind of resets your whole logic. They're, they're like, this is the greatest day. It's beautiful. We caught some fish. I'm like, okay. I was like, oh, okay. That sounds like fun to me. Then it was mission accomplished. You know what I mean, Caleb? <laughs> I mean, remember back when you first got into this, when you were excited to drive through the locks and see that, and you were excited to see a barge, you're excited to see a pelican. You got to remind yourself that a lot of people are that way. You know, just don't make it boring. You know, don't be grumpy. Like Scott said, don't be on your phone all day. There's, there's been a couple of times a bill collectors called while I was on a trip. I'm like, listen, dude, I got to answer this one. I, just, <laughs> I, got, I got medical bills and they're, they're This one seems serious, but you know, at, at the end of the day, it's it just, you know, let's go have a good time. Yeah. Why did people listen? If we were a bunch of grumpy old farts on this show, just, you know, groaning and grumping and not having any fun and laughing, people wouldn't like the show as much. It's the same thing with fishing. You know, yeah. it, give, give me a reason to smile, entertain me today. And, you know, we really like to catch some fish, but you know, it doesn't always work. The good it just thing doesn't. Is we all have a lot of stories. So, so you, you, oh, always, you always got the stories in your back pocket. <laughs> one of the days that really brought it all home to me, I had a guy that showed up. Uh, Fish and Declan Limited used to send people to me all the time. People come to Houston on business, and you got to go buy Fish and Declan Limited, the big, biggest fish and tackle store in the country, you know. So they would go by there. It's a destination. And then they'd have a half a day that they could fish. And this attorney came in and he was working some big case back and forth between New York and Houston. And, uh, he had like four hours that he could get out on the water. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that's not much, but we'll make, make something of it. And we take off and we're, we're fishing right around Texas city. You know, I mean, the marsh right outside Texas city, mm -hmm. all the refineries, all that stuff on the horizon, I-45, all the traffic noise and all that Not stuff. Not the most you know. scenic that we've seen on the water. No, nothing <laughs> like what I like to get into, you know. Yeah. And he was just kicked back and just relaxed. And he said, man, this is so peaceful. I can't believe y'all have all of this right here that close to Houston. Uh, this is you know, the, the wildness of this this place, this close to, you know, town. And I'm sitting there watching 18-wheelers go by on, on the causeway <laughs> thinking – Man, if I could, if I had about eight hours with you, I could take you some places and get you lost. <laughs> That's right. But but it it opened my eyes a little bit. You know, he's yeah. used to being in Manhattan every exactly. day, exactly. listening to cars honking and not seeing any kind of wildlife or anything like that. 
And so we kind of have to readjust ourselves a little bit and realize not everybody gets to see everything we see all the time. And my big takeaway before we move into to beating a prolonged slump, which I don't know if that coincides with being a good guy or not, but, <laughs> but uh, um, you, you truly, I mean, people ask me, what, you know, why did you start this podcast? Our expectations were zero, like literally zero. We, we liked, we started it, Scott, and then Caleb joined us because we truly, truly love it. Like love it, love it. You know, why, why, why do you do this or that? You have to love it if you're going to get into this, this business. And uh, I just think, you know, you know, both of you are saying, you know, you've given advice to, to pro, 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 potential guides and stuff. You just got to love it. I mean, I think that's the easiest way to put a bow on everything. And, and then all the, that other stuff, you know, every time I'm in that traffic on 59 over by Minute Maid Park driving to, to Greenway and I'm in an hour long commute or longer, I'm like, man, I'm going to be in the water in two days. I'm going to be in the water in one day, one more sleep. And I'm going to be on the water for three straight days. Uh, and, and so that's, that's kind of what keeps you going. That's what we're talking about here. All right. So, <laughs> and now for something completely different, as they say, <laughs> on the, uh, we're talking about being great guides. Uh, this is a question uh, that we got. I'm going to skip over the, the knowing your limits in the John boat uh, just for, for time's sake, uh, because we'll get to that next week. But I think this is a real appropriate one. Caleb, I'll start with you here because um, the question is, I, I can't catch fish. I mean, it, it came I, from it came from uh, a, a really loyal listener. I won't mention his name, but he says, man, how do you how do you beat it? How do you how do you break out of that slump? You know, what is a slump buster for uh, for fishing? He said he was been, you know, the last three weeks, maybe it was longer, five weeks, something like that. And, you know, just everywhere, all his spots. Now we've talked recently about don't go to the same spots because you got to mix it up and maybe you'll find fish somewhere else. But we're talking more or less like the doldrums, uh, the, the, the frustration and finding fish, Caleb. You know, I feel personally attacked at the moment. <laughs> it, okay. I know so, better than that. You know, straight up the first couple of days over here where we're at right now. You know, we could see fish, but we couldn't catch them. Um, March back in Matagorda was, you know, it, it, like every fifth day they would eat, right? Probably the most straightforward answer that I can give is just understand that there are seasons when they just don't eat real well. There are times such as after freezes and a lot of pressure and, I'm, you know, a lot of people pounding on fish. You're just going to have a hard time catching fish. But there's always a new season around the corner. It's that simple. I was talking to a, a good buddy of mine that's a guide there in Matagorda, and it was probably mid-March when we were talking, and he said, man, you know what? I feel like every March I'm never going to catch a fish again. But then April shows up, and they start doing what they're supposed to again, and, and, and we catch them. It, it, just, it just keep going, keep hedging your bets, keep casting. The, the, the days that suck are what make you love the days that don't. Yeah. It is it is that simple. If you go out there every time and if you don't catch fish, if you're upset and angry about it, then this probably isn't the sport for you. Not these days anymore. Uh, just keep going. That's, it's, there's no other way to do it. I mean, that's how you get through it. That's how you snap out of it. Is, Scott, uh, what about Daniel? Daniel and I go might ca go catch nothing this weekend for this tournament. We might not catch a single fish, but guess what? We're entered at home next weekend. Yeah. You know, and that's just the way it works. Scott, your, your thoughts on that. Um, my, my personal thing in March, uh, as I think I mentioned here on the podcast was I made like 
long runs to places that I've, I haven't been in a long time. I went up the, to the Colorado river and then I went up to, to cow, cow trap and, and just like long runs, uh, as you've often said, Scott, to, to kind of educate myself on some other opportunities that might be out there, but also to just sort of, you know, shake up the lineup to to use a, a baseball analogy. You know, it's not just a matter of try different spots in your same, you know, your same base system uh, rather than your go-tos, but really shake it up and, and maybe, you know, approach, you know, the, the, the your fishing and your, uh, your attack, your game plan, so to speak, just differently. Yeah. <laughs> One of the worst slumps I've ever had was when I got my new Sabine. I was starting to think that that boat, could not catch a fish i mean it was like i it it was getting on up there to like four or five six trips in a row Mm -hmm. where i mean one thing would happen and then another it wasn't that we weren't on fish we just couldn't get them in the boat i don't know (laughs) it was like an (laughs) it was a shield around the boat man we finally get one up close and shake off but uh there's different kinds of slumps there's slumps where you can't find fish and there's slumps where you find fish but you can't make them eat uh than not finding fish, then that's a matter of just go try something totally different. Uh, yeah, you're, you're working the grass flats and they're just not there. They're just not showing up. Go find a mud flat, go do something completely different. Go fish in a, a deeper area that, uh, you know, you love flat sight kissing, but it's just not happening. Go fish a gut, you know, go drop some soft plastic into it and, and just bump it along there and get that feel again that you can catch fish. Yeah. Uh, we've all had that where we just look at each other. Like, how, how did I, I forget forgot how to fish? I, forgot. Know, I, don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know what I did wrong. It, uh, but if you're seeing fish and they're just not eating, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Sometimes there are mm-hmm. days when they're just sitting on the bottom and they're just not eating. And, uh, those days are frustrating for sure, but you can keep trying to, uh, Try something totally different, you know, throw a candy corn colored lure, you know, throw something really off the wall, uh, throw something loud, throw something that's, you know, if you're used to throwing top water, you know, switch over to soft plastics and try that. Uh, busting the slumps, just a matter of like Caleb said, just grinding it out. You know, and ask questions, Caleb. I mean, you, you know, it, you know, ask people you trust, people that you know are, are going to shoot straight with you. Uh, specific questions, you know, uh, yeah. some people get offended by that, but if it's you or if it's, you know, Patrick, or if it's Scott, I'm, I would flat out expect the right answer. If I said, man, what are you throwing? You know, or, yeah. or, 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 or what depth are you at? I mean, at, people you trust is a big, is a big part of this too. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. ask Pat where he's fishing specifically. Yeah. Just put all, put all those prerequisites in one question. Mm-hmm. Hey Pat, where you at? Okay, cool. Where are you standing? <laughs> All right. Now, what are you throwing? Now, let me ask you this. Do you have room for four more beside you tomorrow? Where are you standing? (laughs) Drop a pin (laughs) where you're standing. (laughs) I want to stand right there. But that also, another thing that does too, though, when you do reach out, sometimes other people will tell you, I ain't catching them either. Yeah. 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 And that helps. You know, that, that helps make you feel a little bit better when you get back to the dock and you realize hell nobody else caught them you know that that's feeling pretty good I, one of the ways Except that when I, caleb rubs it in when I, when I said that a few weeks ago yeah man i couldn't find well, him anywhere no one was catching hell, you I made was. that pu- you made that public <laughs> on your own accord sir <laughs> you must have been the only one <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, 
one of the other ways to do it too is to look around on a on a busy weekend or even just a regular day. If everybody's moving, oh yeah, all the boats are up and moving, ain't nobody catching anything. You, know, you see somebody barreling one way, you see another boat barreling the other. You're like, all right, <laughs> there's something going yep. on here that that ain't great. Uh, that that's definitely the case. So um, I want to get into uh, giving spinning reels their due, but you you mentioned I want to mention a couple things here because we talked about the fishing show, Caleb. Thank you for selling that OG sauce. You did a bang up job, uh, but also there, uh, uh, Deadly Dudley had the raffle uh, for um, the golf trip. Uh, they, they have the raffle with the golf trip and I'm working on a golf trip with us, including you two as well. I think the timing is going to be a little different, but, um, Paul, uh, told me that, that he was going to get you guys, uh, out there at some point. So you go to anglers anonymous, which by the way, he's got some OG sauce there too. I think you stole one, didn't you, Caleb? He's short one bottle. Yeah. He's short one bottle. Uh, so I won't charge him for that one. Uh, they have, uh, any deadly dudleys you buy there. Um, you're going to enter into that raffle to play golf with us for every, packet you buy definitely want to mention that so drop by anglers anonymous uh and then of course um we were we saw knock and tail and wade Wright out at the fishing show i was trading text with those guys those guys killed it uh which is awesome uh, and if you didn't hit anything uh, on those uh, you couldn't get uh you, you know you couldn't get everything you wanted from knock and tail and wade Wright. Just, he still has those five inch and those three and, a, three and a quarter inch uh, wade Wright still they both still have the bite me 20 combo so you use bite me 20 uh, on the respective websites for knock and tail. It's mycoastoutdoors.com. Use the, the promo code bite me, B I T E M E 20, the numbers, same thing, coastalfishinggear.com with raid, right? B I T E M E 20, the numbers. Uh, and, uh, I, I just want to give a shout out last thing regarding the fishing show, had a real fun uh, discussion, uh, with Ed and everybody over at your DOA booth. Uh, I know you were dog ass tired, Scott, but, um, he's just a real good dude. I've talked to him a couple of times. We've had him on the show, but it seems like uh, they got a good thing going on over at, at DOA. How'd you guys end up doing? I know it was, it was hot and heavy when I was there. Oh, we were smoking it. I mean, every day was just hand over fist. And the, the fun part of that show though, was all the listeners coming by Yeah, and just, Hey man, I love the show. Hey, yeah, I love the show. It was, it was absolutely constant. And at one point, you know, Mark Nichols, the owner of DOA is standing there. He just shook his head. He says, man, I think everybody at the show listens to y'all. Yeah. Which is really pretty cool to, you know, have other people notice it. Acknowledge it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, they, they absolutely notice. Uh, Caleb, uh, how'd you end up doing? I sold so many otter stickers. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> holy <Right>. smokes. <laughs> it, how about it, the hands up otters t-shirt that you, t you posted? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it was fun. There was a lot of participation in it. Uh, you know, I've told some people, all right, guys, let's go on to the next topic and, and, and settle down the otters a little bit. I did. I bought, I bought three cans of beanie weenies because over here, there's always otters jacking around at the, um, boat docks. And I have not seen a single otter over here. They've all I'm been shot. I'm, I'm just, that's a bit harsh, John. Damn, man. <laughs> But yeah, what, what uh, was that line in that video? So anyway, I started, what did I, what do you say? Yeah. So anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't seen a single stinking otter over well, now. I've seen a lot of 14 foot alligators. So maybe that has something to do man, with I'm it. I'm sure. I'm sure that but, has yeah, we sold uh, 12 cases of OG sauce and How about that? some lost Sparrow gear. And, uh, you know, and like Scott said, I, 
the the stickers what they did was they they made it financially available for me to be there um buy a lot of baseball gear with that stuff you know it it's it, it was a it was a good a good contribution all around on the stickers, but man, it was nice to meet everybody and you know I hope everybody feels completely able to come up and just talk and and hang out and you know tell stories. I've I, I've got at least two that y'all probably ha- probably haven't heard yet. Hit us, hit us. It's a, it's a great deal. No, no, no. I mean, like if you come talk to me, I've probably got two oh, stories gotcha, I haven't told gotcha, you already. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and, and you mentioned the, 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 the pictures on, you know, you don't clean a lot of fish, Scott, and the, and, the, and all of the pictures on the, on the, whatever at the ramp the cleaning table. Um, we're going to hit that next week with captain Dean, uh, always fun. Uh, so he'll be joining us next week. And, and I know that's something a lot of people talk about. I'm sure you've seen it a lot down in Louisiana or up in Louisiana. Uh, Caleb, we're also going to talk to, we got some good, good questions this week. Um, on on boat and handling boats and and some of the the particulars of the of the mechanics and electronics etc on boats so i'm gonna i'm gonna pop over to uh to talk to jt at the boat yard as well so those are just kind of a little tease uh, real good information from jt we always get at the boat yard down in Kima. of course they do a great job that's where i got my freedom and and, and, and et cetera et cetera uh but captain dean uh, just before we get into the spinning reels uh, what is he saying right now about the lower coast and where he is, Scott? Because I haven't really texted with him in a while. Are they having those prolonged March slumps as well? Is it still a little bit of hangover from the freeze? What's the latest down there? Uh, he seems to be doing pretty good. Uh, they're catching a lot of oversized reds, which is one of the things that he's kind of a little wound up about right now. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. Tune in yeah. next week. <laughs> yeah, tune in next week. Dean was a little wound up. He called me, and it was about a – 30, 45 minutes of Dean talking. And, that's rare. Uh, rare. With, no, that's not rare. <laughs> <laughs> Dean was just, uh, he was on a roll, man. Mm-hmm. He was he was pretty wound up. And he wanted to get on here this week, but they're selling their house. And he got a closing this afternoon, so he couldn't slip in here. But he's going to come next week. Yeah, it it, it, it see, we'll, we'll save it for next week. But I've been monitoring the same situation. And <laughs> it. It, 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 it honestly is heartbreaking to me if we're being honest. So back to the boat, back to the boat driving thing. So Daniel has this boat that runs like 85 miles an hour. Right. Mm-hmm. And on day one, I, I, I got in my mind that I wonder if I can spin this boat out. Like, I wonder what it feels like for this boat to let go. You know, that's not what crosses my mind when I get on. A yeah. Boat. Well, I, I mean, so I'm the boat driver at all times and there's situations during tournament day that, you know, things happen where I, I need to know how this boat's going to respond. And so in a couple of corners, I tried to spin it out and I didn't say anything to Daniel about it, but I really oversteered it, overcorrected, you know, did some silly stuff on the throttle and, you know, I got the feel for it. Well, man, that night I, t- I felt, I, I felt as insulted as I could ever feel. Daniel, we're sitting here because Daniel, I will sit around and drink a couple of beers every evening. And as Daniel's found out at nine o'clock, I'm done. I'm gone. It's bedtime. But he told me, he's like, man, over the next couple of days, you're really going to have to get the feel for this boat again, learn how to drive it. I looked at him and said, say what? He said, man, you took a couple of corners and you know, that it, it just, it just wasn't real good. And I, I, I'm okay. All right. Okay, buddy. It's a challenge. The next, day, the next day, I think I made three 90 degree turns at like 48 to 50. And I just, I would just look at him with a smirk on my face while I was doing it. And he, he was like, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. White knuckling it. I, I was trying to find out what it feels like to wreck your boat, dude. 
I yeah. mean, give me some, give me some slack here. You know what? I, and and I, I, every once in a while, I, I, I try to, to point this out and I'm going to do it right now. Cause you just left me the opening there, Caleb. We always love to have a good time with you. You give a good, you give yourself a hard time. You just did, uh, you know, trying to wreck the boat, et cetera. People that, that fish that, that are thinking of fishing with you and a, a teaching trip trip. I am here to tell you the guy is, it's like, those TV commercials with the cars, you know, these are trained uh, professional drivers. Don't try this at home. You, you, and maybe I should ask Scott about this because we all give him a hard time, but Caleb is about as good on that behind that, that wheel as you can get. And, and so, you know, people always give you a hard time. I've been on some, some skinny water adventures with you here and there. And I've seen you uh, from my boat and I'm like, I would never do that. But uh, Scott, I mean, this is a true, we give him a hard time, but he knows what the heck he's doing. <laughs> Are you reluctant okay. to give him speak. No, Scott. <laughs> uh, to, to be honest, on a guy to trip with me, I rarely go over 35 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. To man, I, if you know me at all, I would rather make fun of myself than brag on myself. That's just not how I was raised. I will I feel say like, this. I ahead. feel like there's very few out there that can drive a boat like I can. But I have learned to do that by myself or with Daniel. Because, again, we're over here fishing this tournament. I'm prepping to find fish. I'm prepping to drive that boat 80 miles an hour through 25 boat wakes at the same time. And so when you come fish with me on a guided trip and I'm running 35, and I'm, I, you know, I might have to jump it up faster at points to get across stuff. I know how to do that because I have done it many times at high speeds on my own so that when I'm with you, there's I, there, there's the number one way I tell people this all the time. The number one way to screw up in a boat is to be nervous in a situation. If you yep. can stay relaxed and just react and yep. do what you need to do, you are solid. You know, well, they say uh, smooth is slow and slow is fast or yeah. something like that. Yeah. You know, whenever you're in situations that you're Not sure that's it, but go ahead. Stupid. You're on a roll. I, I think that's how it went, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it, it, I put myself in these situations on purpose. I don't do it with customers in the boat. And to be honest, I don't do it in my boat often. I prefer to use Daniels to experiment. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Uh, you know, all the time you know, when you, when we bump bottom, mm-hmm. you know, we'll be running across something bump bottom. The immediate response from most people is to shut down. And they're that's like, wild. Oh my God. Yeah. That's what, that's not what you do. You, you gun it and you go. And, uh, I get that, get that response out of people all the time of, man, as soon as we hit bottom, I was expecting you to shut it down. So I was bracing for a shutdown and all you did was gun it. <laughs> we went faster. So yeah, it's just years and years and years of running a boat and you just get, it just becomes a second nature. It's automatic. Uh, I had my dad in the boat one day and I was doing S turns through a back marsh. It was a wide open flat lake, but I was doing S curves. The whole reason was that that boat had a little bit of a V in the bottom of it and I could lay it up on the side of the V and mm. we could slide across the mud a little bit better if I laid it up on its side. Cause it was only about four inches of water. And my dad's looking over the side the whole time when we finally got to the end of it, he, he looked over at me and says, where in the hell did you learn to drive a boat like that? And I said, like, cause I don't want to push. <laughs> there, there's, there's times whenever there's people out there that have spent their entire life in three feet or water or more. And then there's people like Scott and I that we, we kind of live on the edge because that's where we want to fish at and where we want to hang out at, right? 
So we have put ourselves in this situation time and time again. And a lot of my, I had, Scott had some customers come with me a year or two ago. They show up wearing hard hats and yellow safety vests. That's what they did. And, and, and that's why we, we like, we like giving you a hard time, but we also yeah. like to clarify every once in a while. Like but right when now. it's time for me to sell my boat, people are like, no, come on, man. I'm like, dude, I mean, this is all in fun, right? I, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, the funny part is there's some people that show up and they have like all the confidence in the world because they believe what we're saying right now. I, I, I took a lady, she, her and her son, she had never caught a fish on a redfish. I was like, I have got the place for you. And this particular spot is terrifying to get into. And man, as I'm running across it, I feel my boat. I mean, I'm bumping for half a mile and I get there and I finally shut down and I'm white knuckled. I'm like, whoo boy, you know, in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, that was close. And she looks at me and she goes, man, Scott was right. You, you're not, not nervous at all. And I'm having a panic attack. And you're looking here. cool. You're trying to look cool. <laughs> yeah. There, there's, there's a couple of times. Yeah, I'm like, all the time. boy, that was close. Do it all the time. Yeah. Piece of cake. And I fall, <laughs> I fall in between those two, thankfully and willingly. I'm not the guy that just stays in three feet of water, but I sure don't do what, what Caleb just did. Although, uh, with this new boat, you know, with the freedom, I, I'm, I'm, I've been getting a lot more daring. All right. So we're going to have that, to pass. that run that we made with Caleb, you know, where we zigzagged all through the marsh, you know, yeah. you made comments to him. Damn. I did that with a couple of customers. What I was running in the back end of way, way in the back of a marsh. And I'm talking about bumping the sides, you know, hitting the grass on the way in, you know, ping ponging off of it and zigzagging, but I had to, I had to keep it up. Yeah. That's the only way to get in there. And we finally got in there and we settled out. It was the same thing Caleb was just talking about. I was like, whoo, boy, yeah. we just barely made that one. <laughs> there was a, a couple difference. turns there when I could have put it on the grass. And these guys stopped and they turned around and said, man, that was a blast. We only had awesome. fish today. I've had people, can, me, you know, not, not you guys. I've had people like, we got to do that again. Or I, I need my camera when we leave because I want to be able to see what we, we know what we're doing. I'm like, sure. There, There's a huge difference between if I screw up, we're stuck. And if I screw up, we're going to live here until the next tropical storm. <laughs> there, there's a big difference between those two bodies of water. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, we're, we've got plenty of topics for next week. We've got Captain Dean. we got the Boatyard JT. we got the, the, the spinning reels that do. Didn't have a chance to get to it, but this was much more fun. Uh, we will. Uh, additional information on birds, knowing your limits. We'll talk about that John boat uh, accident. All kinds of cool stuff. But in the meantime, scottknollphotography.com for Bite Me Gear. If you want to represent, not just uh, on the Facebook group page, um, you can uh, buy some hats and buffs and shirts and, and all kinds of cool stuff there. And always, I want to mention Captain Caleb TV. You always have something going on. You, you got some plans uh, for maybe a little uh, dovetail podcast in the future. We'll get more details on that. Or do you have anything you want to say right now on, on your uh, other uh, adventure there, Caleb? Well, no, I, I, we're going to keep it kind of quiet for now. I've got some really cool guests signed up and we're, we're, uh, you know, all of us are going to be involved and I think it's going to be really cool. It's a completely different format from what this is, but you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to teach anybody anything. I just want to entertain people, which is going back to what we were talking about earlier. Right. Yeah. I think it'll be cool. I think it'll be cool. Uh, but we're going to, we're going to get it shaped up a little bit more, a little bit more before we start talking about it. Too in depth as far as Captain Caleb TV. I had all the intentions in the world of doing a lot of videoing over here, but the wind will not stop. And the last thing I want is to release stuff on YouTube that's got the yeah wind noise yeah. all the time. 
Um, I've had a hard time with that. I got another week in Homa next week, so maybe we'll get some stuff recorded. Well, just there. take some pictures and videos when you're on uh, uh, on the the stage uh, lifting that trophy. And Captain Scott, you're getting close, man. I can see that glimmer. You don't have that thousand yard stare anymore. Those dead yeah. eyes, you know, like yeah. in Jaws, you know, like like doll's eyes. You're getting ready to fish again. And you're getting ready to get in your brand new twenty six footer. Yep, I went over and hung out with Chet for a couple hours the other day, looking at the new boat they got the plug now they're getting ready to make the mold for it beautiful absolutely gorgeous boat i got Good. to talk to the guy who's building it and uh, we hung out for a while we discussed everything about that boat uh looks really cool um as far as the shoulder goes i'm i'm gonna ease back in throughout april here probably going out for like one or two hours kind of like doing pt yeah but on the water and i don't want to take anybody out because i'm not sure how long i'm gonna last yeah but uh you know if i do an hour two hours polling here and there and just get eased back into it and make sure everything's still working right and uh honestly get back in shape sure you're know, you talking earlier about how hard it is on a guide's life i've been living this uh sedentary somewhat sedentary lifestyle for what six eight months now yeah and uh i'm I'm not so sure how quickly I'm going to be able to slide back into the, the full-time guide role. So what I'm kind of kicking around to is May running some half day trips. Oh, good. You know, and just do it like every other day, half day trips, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah. or something along those lines and just kind of spring training. You know, good deal. Well, that's way back the right time it. of year to do it. All right. Scott always has to one up me, man. I got that, that badass freedom war. He's getting that 26 uh, freedom general. I mean, come on. It'll run faster. Yeah, yeah, we know. We know it's an awesome boat. It's shallower than mine and it's bigger than mine. We and know, I bet he, Scott. And I bet he paid less than you. No, then, <laughs> I don't hope, I hope not. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be prowling the beachfront. It'll, it'll be able to get up real skinny. He says that a twenty-six foot boat will be able to float in eight inches. I've had that discussion with him as well. Chet Moore and Pooty were talking about over at Freedom Boat Yards, uh, Freedom Boats in, in, uh, in Port Lavaca. I love mine. It's the best I've ever had. I, I can't wait to get on yours. In fact, I'll, I'll be a guinea pig. You want to go out there? I don't care if we catch anything. You know that. Well, I'll be yep. going to. I'll, I'll drive over to Port. O'Connor and uh, hop on with you when you get it. But uh, other than that, um, man, thanks for joining us. Really fun episode. Uh, we already talked about it next week. So in the, oh, 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 uh, what would Scott do? What would Caleb do? Uh, <laughs> oh. Man, where was my head? This, this podcast is going to go a little long, but I'm sure people are going to appreciate it. Uh, Scott is looking at all his numbers and figures and such. Uh, Caleb, I know you you're, you're you're plugged in with everything going on uh, uh, East Matagorda and maybe south of that. What would Caleb do this weekend? Weather looks a little bit little. It's, it's hot right now, but it'll be a little cooler. Weather's uh, the wind's going to be, I think, uh, pretty uh, pretty cooperative. What would Caleb do if he were going out this weekend? Let's let me ask you this: What's the tide levels over there, Scott John? Somebody tell me the tide level. Uh, well, about a foot high. Okay. A foot high. I'm going to be up against the grass looking for wads of shad and or glass minnows, anything small. Uh, I'm going to be I'm going to be the places that have been shallow for the past two months. And that water is going to be warming up. Uh, that's a, that's all I'm going to be doing. And when I, over here in Louisiana, over in Texas, I'm I'm looking for the, those big tides to come in, the fish to push up with them and be eating on the small stuff that, that's hatching right now. He mentioned uh, shad. It, it's it's a good time. They're starting to get bigger, Scott, huh? Yeah, I saw a few pictures over the last week in the, uh, on Facebook. People taking pictures under the green lights with just swarms of bait. And you fish see those little, yeah, all over the place. Yeah, uh, they're starting to show up. 
but Caleb, there's a problem with your uh, plan because that northwest wind is going to hit uh, uh, Wednesday, also tomorrow evening, and on through Thursday, and lighten up on Friday. So water's going to get pushed back out again, and then turn around. We got a south wind on Saturday, so it'll be rising. Uh, so I've got a funny feeling it's going to get really low uh, for a day or so, and then it'll push back up. If you're going to try to get out this weekend. Uh, try to take Friday off. Friday's less than 10 and kind of variable. Uh, we'll have some lower water. That'll concentrate the fish a little bit on some drop-offs for you. Uh, deep, Deeper cuts, drop-offs. Uh, Saturday, it's going to pick back up out of the south as that water's going to be rising. So they'll be sliding right back up on those flats. They're not going far uh, this time of year. You're not going to get the, you know, it's a cold front. It's a cool front, whatever yeah. you want to call it. It's going to push water out, but it's not going to drop temperatures any. Uh, now, Sunday, <laughs> yeah. Uh, plan on being back at the house on Sunday. Yeah, plan on me. I saw yeah. that. Sunday's twenty-five gusts into forty, uh, so we're right back into springtime. I apologize for entering a tournament, but hey, listen, a hundred and sixteen thousand unique listeners last year. If everybody can put up some kind of a wind block and help your boy Caleb out and <laughs> knock some of that stuff down before it hits Louisiana. That would be fan. Go in your sailboat. Go in your sailboat to knock the wind from getting there. I would uh, do it for you. I would do it for you. Yeah, you would. I know you would. All right. Well, good luck, Caleb. Uh, guys, I, I know you don't mind that the I, I try to keep it a little over an hour on this podcast. Yeah, we uh, got away from you. We got away from us a little <laughs> bit, but I don't think anybody minds. It was a really good discussion. Y'all have a great weekend. Do what Scott uh, did. Do what Caleb did. I am going to be knocking off early on Friday to get out on the water in the evening, Scott. So that, that that's going to be hopefully uh, my game plan if I can get out of here. Uh, and other than that, catch them up. Uh, have a great time, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>